Hey guys, welcome to Bud Lamb Talks, where with resources and stories, we hope to encourage you to know, love, and enjoy God, to follow Him with your heart, and to love like Jesus. Today I'm, I'm reading from uh, my book, Chasing the Sage, and on the back cover, it I write, What I've learned in a lifetime of falling and getting up, and from the wisdom of many wise men who have spoken to me, is that there are three primary movements in the hearts of men. If navigated well, will allow us to recover our hearts. And so there are, um, there are these three primary movements that go on uh, in, in a man, and, and mostly we're unaware of them. But becoming aware of them, it gives us uh, tremendous power to be able to make choices based about um, based on what is true about us rather than just these funky feelings that pop up all the time that can get us going down down the road towards uh, sometimes the wrong direction and so this first movement is this movement from orphan to son and uh, uh, it's out of that uh, orphan to son um, movement the first movement that I'm going to be reading from today and I'll be starting uh, to actually read from it on, on page 17. And the uh, subtitle of this book, or this chapter, is called Orphan to Son. And so I'm going to read for a while, then I'll talk for a while, read for a while, and talk for a while. But I'm going to start off by reading and say, um, If you were present at my birth, you would have seen something along these lines. My mom and dad rushed to the hospital, eager, excited, uncertain about how it would go, with the birth of their first son, they rushed into the emergency room for a non-emergency birth. Behind closed doors, it was a flawless delivery. Healthy mother, healthy baby. I was wrapped in a tiny white blanket. My dad wore a crisp white shirt with a blue tie. His face was beaming with pride. Big smile. He was really big, six foot two inches, combat infantry veteran from the Korean War. The camera pans and you see the nurse pick me up from my mother. The nurse turns and slowly hand me to my dad. On some level, I'm sure I could see his strength, the radiance of his love for me, and the safety of being held by him. With my mom watching, he held me to his chest. He began to shuffle his feet side to side, doing a little dance. Almost immediately, I spit up something green onto his crisp white shirt. And instantly, my dad handed me back to the nurse. His expression was pinched, angry, disgusted. My mom, silent. That was the last time my dad touched me. Orphan. It was all up to me from then on, or so it seemed. It was another 50 years until he touched me or held me again. No, that's not entirely true. He touched me again six years after my birth. In a fit of anger, his fist came out of nowhere and cold cocked me on the right side of my little face. And from there on, it was more than 40 years. It was about 50 when he touched me or held me again. It's called a wound. Some version or another, we all have one, one massively defining wound upon which we've built ways of coping, 
ways that have become habits, habits that have become lifestyles, and lifestyles that have affected and infect how we treat family, friends, ourselves, and our God. The orphan accepts this as reality. It is the orphan reality that's all up to me now. It's a debilitating crush to the soul, so horrific. Many of us have no memory of it or we shug it off. The problem is when you bury something alive, it resurfaces later. The orphan mentality affects every area of a man's development. It is a platform on which we build our worldview or how we make sense of what's going on in the world, where we fit in and our unique contribution to it. This is one time on this one time we have on the planet. Orphanhood is what connects us to one another. And the good news is that orphan can become a son. And the good news is one of homecoming and adoption and redemption. So let me talk for a minute about this, uh, uh, where this um, story came from, how I, how I uh, envisioned this story of when I was born. Um, obviously, I wasn't there. Uh, but in my early 40s, um, uh, while I was going through my divorce, when, when all the wheels were off of my, of my life and I had no idea which end was up and I was trying to make sense of things, that was way before I started moving into or even thinking about this movement from orphan to son. Um, the truth was I was, I was living, a, uh, living like a functional orphan, like it's all up to me, can't trust anybody, and uh, my life was, in many ways, was falling apart. I started, I started um, learning uh, how to meditate and practice slowing down and, and breathing. And in one of these uh, meditations, um, actually several over a few weeks, I became, um, I guess I became visualized or I envisioned what it was, might have been like for me to have grown up I mean to be to be born and what it might have been like that very first time. I have no idea if this is true that I spit up on my dad's white shirt and he handed me back. But functionally, I will tell you this. It felt that my dad turned away from me so early in life that I can hardly imagine a time, I cannot imagine a time with him without that kind of feeling that it was all up to me. And the tragedy that I experienced with this is that I became uh, a pleasure seeker. I became, uh, I can handle all of it on my own. I became isolated in a sense that I wasn't willing to communicate or ask for help. It was all up to me. I couldn't trust another. And so, so this, uh, this story has, it, it goes way back, and I, I don't know if, if, if we all have a story like that, but I do know this, we all have a wound, and it is defining, and it comes down to it that we think it's all up to us, or so it seems. So I mentioned the fact that this orphan mentality uh, affects every area of a man's development. It is the, the platform on which we build our world view. And this, this idea of a world view is, is essentially, well, we all have one, and it's how we make sense of the world. 
Um, we make sense of the world that, um, for example, um, if I'm nice to other people, they'll be nice to me. Uh, we have that expectation. Um, John Eldridge calls these kinds of expectations uh, agreements. And uh, we have the, so this is the way we think our things are supposed to work. Um, if we're courteous, people will be courteous back to us. Or we can grow up with a, a worldview like I had early on. I grew up with this um, idea that we went to church on Sundays and that thing would, things would be fine in our family. Well, it wasn't until um, I started waking up in my, in my youth that some of the things that were, I was learning from my mom and my dad around religion just didn't quite square up. Um, part of it was that my, we would come home from church and my dad would, would begin cracking open the beers and that would be drinking beers all day uh, for the rest of the day. And, and that, that framed my worldview of what it was like to be a Christ-following man, a Christ-following father, that you know there was no integrity between the, the religious principles that we believed and lifestyle. And I grew up with this duplicity built into my system, and, and that became part of my, my worldview. And so this idea of a worldview, for us to figure it out, um, is, a, is, a, is an important, a complicated, and a, and a lifetime um, kind of a journey, but it's one that, that chasing the sage, we do chase, we do follow. We go, we, we're looking for a, an accurate worldview of the world. And um, ultimately, I have found that the only accurate, reliable, trustworthy worldview is the worldview that we hear about in crash, classic Christian uh, theology. So worldview is something that we come back to uh, when it comes to chasing the sage. There's another thing I write in here. Um, um, orphanhood is what connects us to one another. Orphanhood connects us to one another. And at, at the root of that is this, is this word compassion. You know, um, if, I, if I'm an orphan, you're an orphan, all God's children are, at, are functional orphans, then we have this, this thing in, in, in common. It's like all being fans of the same football team. You know, it's like we're all fans. And so, so, as, so when, when, we, when, when we look at one another, when I look at, at others, well, back before I started doing this work, I would look at others and I would be uh, measuring myself. Am I enough? Do I measure up to them? Am I, am I enough? I was totally dependent upon other people's opinion of, of who I was. I had no self-opinion on mine that was really, I didn't feel like I measured up, so, so I, was, I was trying to power up an awful lot. Uh, but, but that's what happens um, around um, orphans, is we, we think it's all up to us. And so, so you, you start acting out of your orphanhood, and I act out of my orphanhood, and we end up having a fight, man. Things are tough. And I, I, uh, I got a good word picture on what this looks like looking at a video of a rescue dog named Theo. This was a sweet little um, um, uh, video that we used as part of the opening at Celebrate Recovery at my church that I started with some great folks there uh, a few years ago. But there's this picture of this sweet little puppy that's been um, abandoned, and he's been living underneath a bridge, and his hair's all matted, 
and he you can tell that he's there's some kind of cuteness in him but the way he presents himself is this angry vicious little dog that is just biking and barking and and absolutely the the nastiest kind of dog you would ever want to be well what they did is these people captured this little dog very tenderly and they they uh gave him a bath um cut his hair began to feed him fed him a lot um the dog was absolutely um terrified was angry would burst out and and bite people and stuff like that uh but over time this little dog became tender Yeah, this little dog became tender. And he responded to the to the affection, to the generosity, to the touch of the people that were caring for him. And um he he as the video goes on, he continued to grow up and he was handed off to a, a, a loving family that, that took care of him. But every so often that little dog Theo would get snarky. And what happened was that he was just going back to that original behavior that he learned from the wound. And so as a result of this, I've learned this idea of uh, that we're all rescue dogs when it comes right down to it. And if we're all rescue dogs, we need to look at one another with compassion and uh, put up with or tolerate or be accepting or not offended by other people's um, acting out behavior. Because, hey, they're just a rescue dog. And the truth is, I have this, I get snarky. But I'm moving and I'm, I'm being reformed and transformed by, by the love of God. And so, so this idea of compassion, I think, is really important. Because without compassion, I start pointing my fingers and comparing at other people. And I fail to remember that I, too, have a wound. And they have a wound. And in that sense, we have solidarity. There's another good part to this um, first chapter on pages 17 and 18. It says the good news is that the orphan can become a son. And the kind of sonship that I'm, I'm referring to here is a spiritual sonship because uh, the Bible says that... Um, we have this, this gap between us and God that we try and fill with all sorts of stuff. Blaise Pascal, the, the philosopher, says that there's a hole inside of every, every human uh, that's designed to be filled by God, and we humans fill it with all sorts of stuff. And in my own experience, um, I filled it with all sorts of stuff. Uh, cheap sex, booze, drugs, uh, uh, powering up all sorts of horrible things that caused well was acting out stuff like a rescue dog would uh, but we have this god-shaped hole and there's this gap that was been created by our behavior and uh, the truth is is that god is not mad at us he's not he doesn't when we spit up on god's white shirt he does not hand us back to the nurse and not touch us or beat us 
That's not the God of the universe. The God of the universe um, picks us and holds us close when we have spit on his white shirt. And he dances a jig and he's proud to call us as his sons and daughters. So this movement from um, orphan to son is, is this movement from functional orphan to son of God the Father, who loves us as we are, not as we should be, and will continue to father us our entire lives as we move through the stages of uh, orphan to son, uh, boy to man, and then chasing the sage. It is God the Father that is this uh, supernatural spiritual being that invites us into this journey. Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks for tuning in for today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. And for more information about who we are and what we do, check us out at budlam.com. So let's get after it now with all we've got. Take care.